Welcome to episode 10 of Trivial Arguments. That's right, we made it to 10. Screw you guys who said we wouldn't. <laughs> we'll do some trivia and we'll probably definitely get into some arguments. I'm here with Matt, whom you may remember from episodes three and seven. We'll talk about the Cubs and Sox so far this season, the Tony La Russa Mercedes Gate scandal, and we'll do some unwritten rules of baseball trivia. California Matt, how are you doing, my friend? I think I was doing better until you called me California Matt, but... Hey, if you want to come up with a clever nickname for me, like Shy Town Lendog, or you know something just off the top of my head, like that would be cool. But whatever, I mean, call me Tebow. <laughs> real, real football. Name. I'm just more concerned that there's another Matt in your life that you have to differentiate by state. Um, I mean, this, uh, like I said, the podcast is at 10 episodes. It's really hard to sift through the DMs like, hey, are you single? Hey, this is a cease and desist from Trivial Pursuit. I'm like, whatever, dude. Like spam. You know what I mean? Just. Yeah. I'm thinking you were just trying to make people think you had more friends by saying that. <laughs> episode 10 is California, Matt. Episode three and seven. One of them was just Matt. One of them was best man, Matt. <laughs> I know an abundance of mats. Again, it's hard to sift through the DMs. There's Detroit mat. There's Denver mat. Those are just when I'm on vacation, right? Exactly. <laughs> You're going to vacation in Detroit? That's, that's for another episode. You know, as soon as I said it, as Motor soon as City I said it. Matt. <laughs> Motor City <laughs> mat sounds cool, though. I mean. I, I honestly was trying to think of why would I ever go to Detroit? And it does. you're passing through Detroit to get somewhere else. To Canada. That's <laughs> well, there you go. I'd rather go to Canada Monty than Matt. That's, that's Canada, Matt. Yeah. We're just killing it. <laughs> Mountie Matt. Yeah, it's maple syrup, Matt. Yeah, it could go, it could go anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I know that you're stalling because you have so much to say <laughs> about not TRL, that's Total Request Live, uh, Tony LaRusso. That absolute dumb donkey of a person. <laughs> so I don't really follow the White Sox. I hear it periodically through, you know, you guys and whatever else. So he's not my manager. I know I have an opinion on it, but he's your manager. So I'd like to know what the hell's going on. I appreciate the floor for this, Len, because what the hell is going on? <laughs> Tony LaRussa. Everything that White Sox fans have feared. I feared it too, if that matters. Now, okay, any baseball fan has feared is now coming true. Tony La Russa, 130 years old at least, <laughs> sitting on the bench of a baseball team, a baseball team that is loaded with young talent, that is just, they got swag that just oozes out of them. They are trying to make baseball fun. The White Sox, the, their motto, their slogan, their phrase, whatever, is literally change the game. And then we hired this old curmudgeon, and it totally goes against everything that the White Sox are, were building, are still trying to build. It just drives me absolutely crazy. I couldn't even imagine the dynamic of the team just before all this. 
because he's a thousand years old and the team like tosses bats and they play with passion and stuff. He has to hate every minute of it. And then you find out like, like you keep saying to yourself like, Oh, he's Tony's got to hate this. And then you find out Tony does hate this. <laughs> and it's not like a, in, an inside joke anymore. Like he literally like hates his own team. <laughs> so it does. So I, there, there are things that I was giving Tony livers credit for in the beginning of the season. When you hear somebody like Tim Anderson, who's the leader of that team, wants to say one of the leaders of that team, say like the family environment that Tony LaRusso created was like super positive. Like the, that they're only going to benefit from that family type relationship. Even when he was cussing out Mercedes and he was like, we'll punish him. Like we'll, we'll decide his punishment within our family. Like it, that family environment thing was still in there while he was talking about punishing. So it's like the thing I was... I was giving him credit for. I'm not going to take that away because what my, what Tony LaRusso may have done on accident or maybe it was on, per, on purpose because he knows he's a thousand years old was create a family dynamic and a team that already likes each other to greet them. The, the locker room bond is even stronger and there's nothing he can do to tear them apart, including just straight up insulting the players, calling them clueless and just totally going against everything they stand for. But he made the locker room a little bit stronger, so maybe it won't affect the White Sox. It's all that White Sox fans can hope. But, like, honestly, when I say that, like, the worst fears, the worst fears, he's out of touch with baseball, which <laughs> it, took us, it took us eight weeks to finally confirm. Like, we, everybody had suspicions, right? But it took eight weeks to finally officially he is out of touch with baseball. Yeah. Baseball is not about the unwritten rules. Baseball is about like having fun and letting all these people show their personality and hitting home runs, which are good, even if they're on a 3-0 pitch. Yeah. So that was like the first thing. So he's out of touch, right? Then he's too old, he's going to fall asleep. When he, he literally talks so slow, it's like he, he he maybe he does have his wits about him, but he his reaction time has slowed down, which has come up with like not having somebody ready in the bullpen in Seattle in the first week of the season when he left Matt Foster out there to just get shelled and then we lost the game. You know, there's this list yeah. of things that Tony LaRusso has done that has cost us somewhere between four and seven games this year. Depends on who you ask. I tend to be a little bit easier because I'm I more believe that the player has to. The play, the, you can put the player in the right position to make the play, or you can put the player in the wrong position to make the play, but it's still up to that player to, to execute. Like, if there's no execution, 90,000-year-old Tony LaRusso is not out there in the eighth inning blowing a lead. You know, that, that is Aaron Bummer giving up the first home run that he's given up since 2019. That happened. Those kind of things are going to happen. I tend to lean more towards the player. So I'm not even on him, but I don't probably don't give him like he's cost us eight wins, like some people would say, but he's definitely, there's our wins on the record that, or I'm sorry, our losses on the record that are definitely his fault. But so he's out of touch with baseball. Then, <laughs> I mean, this tweet has been, this is dead. Everybody's tweeted this and made this joke that Turner Russo knows the unwritten rules better than he knows the written rules of baseball. Yeah. It's like Which is very clear. Like, like the man who can't recite the alphabet backwards, he's going to talk to you about the rules not written down. Like, does he know the rules of the road? Yeah. So, so 
So, so for people that maybe don't know, I don't know how you don't know, but let, let me give like a brief rundown. Yes, I'm um, sorry. I ranted and I didn't allow for the for no, the. No, that's fine. You have to know by now. Even like casual people are like, oh, Tony LaRusso is an idiot. Like, I don't know what he does, but I know that name and he sounds like an idiot. Yerman Mercedes was accused of breaking an unwritten rule in a game against the Minnesota Twins when he swung at a 3-0 pitch that resulted in a home run when his team was leading 15-4. to He was also facing a position player from the Twins, which I don't really know if that really makes that big of a difference, but I guess we could get into that too. I would argue it makes a huge difference, but keep going. Okay. Uh, in the next game, Mercedes was thrown at by Tyler Duffy of the Twins, resulting in Duffy and Minnesota Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. Does that sound right? Baldelli, yep. Yeah. They were ejected from the game by home plate umpire, you know, and crew chief, whatever. White Sox manager Tony La Russa, who um, was critical of Mercedes, called it a big mistake that he swung on the 3-0 pitch, said that he would handle it, you know, he would punish him, or I forget what his exact wording was. Let's see, we'll punish there will be a consequence family. he has to endure here within our family. That's yeah. what he said. And then Mercedes said something along the lines of, like, that's just the way I play baseball, like – whatever, like I was excited, you know, just who, who doesn't want to hit a home run essentially is what it was. Like I'm playing baseball. I'm never going to stop playing baseball. I don't care how much we're up by like, that's it. And then Larusa doubled down <laughs> and was like, I heard he said something like I play my game. No, he doesn't. He plays the game of major league baseball, respect the game, respect your opponents. And he's got to respect the signs. So Tony, just stop digging yourself in a hole. Tony, is so out of touch that he doesn't even understand that he is digging himself further into a hole. So he calls him clueless, which is the one, that's the part I really, really have the issue with. I'm calling your young star, the probably like the, the young star that's like keeping our offense from like the, that. He is the main part. He's, he's been absolutely a whirlwind of a rookie a huge part of our offense and you're just like publicly shaming him for no reason. Most casual fans probably think Tony La Russa is the manager of the twins. <laughs> the way he's so upset, they're like, Oh, well, yeah, the manager of the team's gotta be accepted. Like, no, no, no. The manager of the guy who like did it, like not the team he did it against. Like he's the manager of the guy who like hit the home run. Not the guy who was like insulted. Like, Oh, you're showing up my players by, you know, hitting this three L count. I was like, no, he's the manager of his own guy. Like, he's just a dumb donkey. Yeah, let's just bring it back. Dumb donkey. <laughs> I, but it's a hundred percent. Can't couldn't agree with you more. I would say the thing I had the most problem with was him insulting and calling him clueless. A young calling a young player clueless to the media for no reason. Like that. That is a conversation you can have with your mean behind closed doors. Right. And Say he could have said the same thing. He's going to handle it in house the same way. And just stop talking. Stop talking. Exactly. To and then it wouldn't have been that big of an issue. It'd be like, sure, Tony Larusa has an issue with it. But I really did have an issue with him calling him out like that. Mainly, and I don't think your mean Mercedes is the kind of guy that is going to be affected by somebody calling him a name. I mean, he's a 28 year old rookie who's been in the minors for like a thousand years. So I don't think he's going to be affected by it. But if he was, if he, there's plenty of players that have our head case like that. You start thinking now you're second guessing. Right. And then now he starts to slump. If he does slump after this, like it's a hundred percent going to be like. Attributed to Tony La Russa. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So that was like the thing I had the most problem with. The, then the immediate like 1A is the doubling down happened <laughs> was before the game. That was, yeah, the doubling down happened in the pregame press conference. And then the post-game press conference, after Duffy threw at Mercedes, La Russa says, I have no problem with what the twins did. And he goes to the he goes to the old school manager playbook of like, how do you judge intent? We, how do you know if he's throwing at a person? How do you know? It's like, oh, we, the world knows that you were throwing at the guy who hit the three zero home run. It wasn't an inside pitch that got away. You no. freaking no. idiot! You dumb donkey! <laughs> it wasn't a dumb donkey. <laughs> and to defend the team that is throwing at one of your star players. And not to defend the player that is on your team is so asinine. I don't even understand. If I could quote Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> nine as a ten, as eleven, as a twelve, it makes absolutely no sense. What are you doing, you old old man? How can you defend? And it, uh, Tony LaRusso does, does he not understand the rivalry of the Twins and White Sox? The the White Sox have been the nail. The Twins have been the hammer for years, and it's finally the changing of the guard. And it's a huge series for us White Sox fans. And he's sitting there defending the Twins, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. That is, like I said, one A, calling out Mercedes to the public, and who knows how that's going to affect him. It just it's it obviously makes you nervous as a White Sox fan. Like you said, I don't think it will, but it just it's only going to divide the locker room. And then obviously 1A is defending the twins after after they throw at your own player. It's just it makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. Do you think the the situation would have been different if it was a different player? Like if it was like Tim Anderson on a 3-0 count, like do you think Tim Anderson, like quote unquote, should have known better? Or do you attribute like Mercedes swinging to be like, oh, like, you know. I could hit a home run or I want to swing or whatever. I can understand Tony La Russa being upset that the sign was take and he swung. That's fine. I was on board with that. But all Tony La Russa had to say was, you know, he either misread the sign or, you know, he swung anyways or whatever. We'll handle it in-house over. That's it. The being like, no, like, like that was wrong and he's going to get punished. And people are like, well, what is he being punished for? And he's like, I said, I would handle it. And then he doubles down and is like, yeah, no, like that was uncalled for, like whatever. Then they throw at him and he's like, no, throwing at him was fine. And it's like, you know, you're like the manager of like you're in Mercedes, like your job. Like he's been, yes. in the, yeah, he's been in the like minors for what, like 14 years. It's something insane. So say he gets up there. This is his first real like shot at, you know, major league baseball. It's a three zero count. There's a position player throwing. The game's already, you know, technically over. It's it's never over, but I mean, in a logical sense, game was over. Gets tossed a ball that was like 47 miles per hour. First of all, the fact that he hit the 47 miles per hour like ball or whatever that far, I was like, that that should have been it. Ball's coming like 100 and you hit it out. That's fine. This ball that's half the amount of miles per hour and you still crush it. It's like, yeah, I probably would have been like, yeah, the. I, I told him to take, he didn't, he crushed it. 
and now we'll move on. Some people were saying that Tony La Russa, you know, he was like, oh, like I'll handle it because he didn't want Minnesota to retaliate. And I was like, okay, I'm on board with that. And then the next day, all of a sudden, you know, he doubles down. He's like, no, like, again, I didn't like it, whatever, you know, and then he's calling, you know, Mercedes clueless. And he says, you know, you're playing the game of baseball. You're not playing, you know, you're not in this game for yourself. And then Minnesota throws him. He goes, no, yeah, like that was fine. I was like, he had so many moments where all he had to do was just stop talking and then just walk away. And the story would have been out. I definitely agree with you. And I, I, I hear what those people are saying who's saying that LaRusso was trying to defuse the situation so they didn't get thrown at. Right. But that was that theory was totally thrown out the window as soon as they did throw at him and he defended the twins. Right. But that's if he was trying to get the twins to not throw at his player, it would be a bigger deal to him that they did throw at his player. So yeah. if that's his master plan. It, first of all, clearly didn't work. Sure, Rocco Baldelli probably thinks, yeah, you know what, Tony LaRusso, stand-up guy. He didn't respect baseball. I appreciate you saying that. The Twins players are still pissed. I don't think Rocco Baldelli told Duffy to throw at him. I, I mean, I don't know how that works in the clubhouse, but I don't think it. I don't think it's the man. I don't think it comes from the manager as much as one might think it does. I think that's players taking it into their own hands. That's what it is. Like. That was that's an old tiny baseball thing. Like we police ourselves, right? We don't need a governing body. We police ourselves, and that's what the players do. I think Duffy took it upon himself. I think there was probably a little powwow in the in the the bullpen all day. They're like, oh, our starting pitcher is not going to throw at him. Oh, wait till one of us gets in there and first chance to get. As soon as I saw him setting up inside, as far inside as the catcher was setting up, I was like, okay, here it comes. I wonder yeah. what that is the catcher puts down. Does he just put the middle finger just, down? Yeah, yeah, he just points directly at the player. Like he just, he just, just the straight middle finger. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And what's That's also lost? Yeah, what's also lost in all of this? White Sox are in first. <laughs> if they're oh like in, in like fourth place or something, and like they're screwing around, and he hits that three zero pitch, and people are like, "Dude, like, what are you like showboating for? Like, like you're in last, or you're in third, or whatever." I was like, "No, this team's in first place." Like, and most, and most people are like, well, obviously, you know, Tony LaRusso knows what he's doing because the team's in first place. It's like managers to me can only attribute losses, not necessarily wins. It's very e- easy to be like, oh, like that game was lost because of this decision for this bullpen guy or this, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's very hard to be like, oh, that win was strictly manager. I mean, some games probably, I but I mean, that, I know, that, that is the issue. Yeah. The issue is that the Tony La Russa defenders immediately go to, well, they're the number one ranked team in baseball on the power rankings. We have the best run differential in baseball. We have the best uh, starting pitching staff in the AL. We have all these things that make us a great team. And it has to be, and Tony La Russa has to get some credit for that because he is the manager of a first place team. Yeah. But the issue is that, that all that is, is, the Tony LaRusso defenders just have ground to stand on. I kind of, this is going to sound crazy. I don't actually wish this, but I kind of wish we were in last place <laughs> so that this would be like, there, there would be no ground to stand on. It'd be like, look at this 
out of touch manager. And it would be like, he, it, it, it almost feels fireable to me, to me personally, to just be like so out of touch to literally have your team on Instagram live, like Tim Henderson saying, keep swinging on three, oh, on Instagram live, at, at, right after Tony LaRusso walks by the camera. It's like, to have that happen, it's just like there is a disconnect that's happening. And I do think the White Sox are good enough to win. Despite Tony LaRusso. Yeah. Exactly. Despite Tony LaRusso, we are good enough to win. I do believe that. It just, it, it just is, it's the more and more that these kind of things happen. It just, it, there's something deep in me. And maybe it's the skepticism of all like the bad years of watching White Sox baseball, but it's like something's going to happen and it's going to be. I mean, you're completely right. Everybody was waiting for that one moment where it's like, okay, he is who we thought he was. Like, and first of all, people on Twitter, like some people, the uneducated minor, I would say, are like, like Tony LaRusso is going to get fired for this. No way Jerry puts up with this. I was like, do you understand what Jerry Reinsdorf ignored to get this 76 year old man hired? I was like, you think he's going to get fired because he uh, like attacks his own player? I was like, you have no idea who Jerry Reinsdorf is. If you think Jerry Reinsdorf is going to fire Tony LaRusa after eight weeks of a season, I have two words for you to prove he will, he will not. And that's Gar Foreman. <laughs> How many years did he leave Gar Foreman? Because Gar Foreman was friends with his wife, or Gar Foreman's wife was friends with Jerry's wife. Whatever connection they have, yeah, is the most. He's loyal to a fault, and yeah, that would be my explanation of why Tony Russo. But I, the issue being with that whole situation is, I think Rick Han, Rick, Rick Hans' hands are tied behind his back, and he is not going to be able to be the one that makes the decision to fire LaRusso. I think it's going to have to come from Jerry. I think it's going to be some convincing if it does, if it does come to that. And if I think the White Sox are good enough to win the world series this year with LaRusso as their manager. And I still think it would be the right move to fire him at the end of the world series at the end of a world series winning season. That's and I think there's a lot of White Sox fans that would agree with me. That's a crazy thing to say that your World Series winning manager still deserves to get fired. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like a hot take person here, but I, I it was such the wrong move, and it's only proving to still be the wrong move. So AJ Hinch isn't out there anymore. And that was obviously everybody. No, I shouldn't say obviously, it was my candidate who I hope they got. So there's got to be some other name out yeah. there. But it's I don't AJ Pruszynski. <laughs> I I mean I I the the, the two thousand five White Sox fan to me would love absolutely love that. But is that you know, know. today's the fifteenth anniversary of uh, AJ getting punched in the face. You don't think AJ would want to throw at some guys? <laughs> absolutely. Like See, I, I I never liked AJ. AJ as my manager, I would roll with it all day. I think I would too. I just like it, that that one. With this team as being as good as it is, well, they don't need AJ this year. That, that, that's I. I think it would be like somebody like that. Like I think the AJ hired this year would have felt a little premature for me. I was okay with not hiring AJ this year. 
no managerial experience, a team that is like a Ferrari in the garage ready to go. And you, I, so that's, I did understand like wanting to go with somebody with experience. Now, not this much experience, Lord willing, geez, whew. we had to go the most experience on the planet earth. But I agree with it needed something to, to like, to help guide it. You didn't need, you didn't need the buddy, buddy friend. You, no offense, Cubs fans and you personally, you didn't need David Ross to be the manager of the White Sox. The Cubs needed that just like they're trying to recapture some of the 2016 magic. Right. The Sox, I do believe needed a more of a guiding hand because they were transitioning to the team to learn how to win and go deep in the postseason. Sure, we made the postseason, but we we didn't make it out of the first round. So it needed that guiding hand. And I, I do agree with that. But it, it shouldn't have been Tony Larusa. And I'll I'll say that I honestly will still say that if we win the World Series, and that might be a crazy thing, but I think this team was good enough to do it. I mean, I should I I almost said good enough to do it with uh, Ricky Renteria, but. <laughs> I don't know. That might be that might be another asinine statement on my part. What do you think it, it would take this season for Tony Larusa to get fired in season? Like, so this situation's already happened. Do you think there's anything that gets pounded on top of this where it's like, yeah, no, we're done? I I don't think anything baseball related will get him fired. I think he says a racial slur when he wakes up from a nap at a press conference and <laughs> getting fired. But anything short of that, I really think I think he's here for the long haul. I don't think that would be a, that would you don't fire the manager of a first place baseball team with with all of the stats that are in favor of the White Sox, even if it it there. I don't see any sort of scenario where he becomes more of a hindrance. Yeah, he's. There is a there is a theory out there that I have heard. It's, a, it's deep on the internet that this is Tony Larusa's genius. That he's banding the team together against him. <laughs> against him. This is a Herb Brooks. Who do you play for? Playing playing ten times, they might win nine, but not today, boys. Here's how you know Tony Larusa is wrong. You mentioned his like supporters. You know who supports the uh, Tony Larusa move? The band Smash Mouth. <laughs> Let me tell you the direct quote from Smash Mouth. <laughs> I talk about out of touch. Here we go. Said no, bunch of O's. F you. Larusa is a goddamn legend. That was the first one. Second one. If you know baseball. If you if wait, if you don't know baseball, you don't know baseball. That 79-year-old man has the White Sox in first place. And yes, all capital letters, you don't swing on a 3-0 pitch when your team is leading in a beating. If so, you get thrown at. That's called hashtag the baseball gods police. Then somebody tweeted at Smash Mouth and said, F Smash Mouth, all my homies hate Smash Mouth. <laughs> and then Smash Mouth said, acting like baseball was invented yesterday, there's history, lineage, et cetera, and the right way to play, respect it. I was like, oh, well, somebody just shut off the Shrek soundtrack <laughs> to, to never listen to it again. Poor Smash Mouth. I, I just Googled the Smash Mouth guy. Oh, the lead singer from Smash Mouth? Yeah. 
Yeah. Just to see, I wanted to see if he had any, like, what, is, is he from St. Louis? Like, why does he care about Tony LaRusso so much? <laughs> is he from Oakland? And I, the first thing that comes up, Steve Harwell, a 53-year-old front man of California rocker Smash Mouth, opened his band set with a rant caught on video against the virus, which has killed more than 160,000 U.S. citizens. So apparently he likes to give hot takes. Was Tony La Russa ever the manager of the A's? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, where, that's, where he, that's where he won two World Series then? Yeah. Well, well there's your connection i was trying to figure out it as well i was like why is he like he's losing his mind over tony la Russa, but yeah the smash mouth from the body that's what that's why i was looking it up because like nobody has this love for tony la Russa unless he had your team win a world series help your team win a world series i should say that makes a lot more sense first of all all the facts about that guy make sense. <laughs> you put it all together and it's like, yeah, if somebody was going to be the most vocal, first of all, they, he issued it from the smash mouth Twitter account. <laughs> Not even like his personal account where he's like, no, I speak for the whole band. When I say <laughs> Tony LaRusa deserves a statue anywhere he goes. What a, what a baller move. Be like, I'm not even going to ask the other members of the band. I'm just going to tweet it from our official band account. <laughs> In his Wikipedia personal life, he appeared on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives at the Meal Ticket Restaurant. That made it into his Wikipedia. This guy's life's a little sad. Doesn't he look like Guy Fieri if he, like, did more drugs? (laughs) I think Guy Fieri is just trying to look more like Steve Harwell with bleached hair. Are are they not both members of the Insane Clown Posse? (laughs) because <laughs> they certainly look like it no offense to any juggalos out there listening but your band has a specific type all right oh, people might know him for his 2003 south korean chinese animated film Pororo, oh, the racing adventure so in case oh no the, the guy from that movie made it like made that in case you didn't know who smash mouth was you should know him from Pororo. Two very specific markets that he just lost. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. All those animated South Korean Chinese animated film fans, if I butchered that that movie's name. Never to be listened to or seen again. Poor Smash Mouth. Their album sales just went from 10 to 3. At one point, they had in their Twitter bio, all capital letters, we are not the Shrek band. And then when they realized, oh, the only reason why we're still around is because of the movie Shrek, then they took that part out and put like, we love Shrek, like exclamation point. And I was like, yeah, that that checks out. It's like, no, we're not just a Shrek band. And then those checks kept coming in. They're like, yeah, I'm all right with it. Like uh, Shrek made a bunch of money. So yeah, I'd probably, you know, tie my horse to that and see where it went. But sadly, no more Shrek money. I, I hope the Shrek twi- Twitter account is like, we are not affiliated no longer with Smash Mouth. <laughs> I'm doing a deep dive on this Wikipedia page here, Len. On August 27, 2016, during a performance with Smash Mouth in Urbana, Illinois, Ew. 
Polo collapsed on stage and was taken by ambulance to a hospital. The next sentence, the band completed the concert without him. <laughs> How many renditions of All-Star do you think they did? Where they're like, and one more time, somebody wants call me. <laughs> this guy sucks. I had no idea this guy sucks. So I guess that's why he issued it from the band's main Twitter account, because if he didn't, they would probably lock him out of the account <laughs> and just continue Smash Mouth without him. So he probably has all the keys to to the band, and he's like, no, they're just, no, waiting, for they're just waiting for him. That, I mean, listeners did not see a Smash Mouth tangent that lasted at least 10 minutes right now. That was, that's as good as it gets. I mean, a friend of mine once said, the years start coming and they don't start coming or don't stop coming. You know what? I don't have to listen to this stupid song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if the band can sing it without him, so can I. We are not affiliated with the lead singer of Smash Mouth from the official Twitter account of Smash Mouth. <laughs> uh, we're not with him. So, <laughs> yeah. But our main point, obviously, Matt, is the White Sox are in first place. So, 26 and 16, best record in the American League, I believe. So. I wish that was our main point. <laughs> Fortunately, it's not. I mean, they take on the third place Yankees. Uh, this weekend so i don't know big series for the white Sox, despite tony la Russa. i can't imagine he's you know well i can imagine it i hope he's not as vocal as he has been in the last four days i'm kind of see how i'm kind of excited to see what we play the cardinals after the yankees if tony la Russa just like goes to the other dugout and just like sits in there so he clearly doesn't want to be part of the white Sox anymore it's like oh yeah this is gonna be a thing are the white Sox at home this weekend uh no i believe we're in, in new york oh because i was gonna say the cubs are in st louis so if tony la Russo just hopped on our bus and just, like I'm, I'm taking the weekend off from the team i'm suspended three games i'm gonna go check out the cardinal game we handled it in in our family how much did you think Albert Pujols was coming to the White Sox? I, there was a sliver of time until I realized we're so backlogged at DH and first base. That Can you imagine right now if the White Sox got Albert Pujols, then this Yerman Mercedes thing happened, and Tony La Russa benched Yerman and had Pujols DH? What a perfect storm of just nonsense. That would have been. That would have been amazing. That, Not for you guys, I, but. I, I'm struggling to find words of how I would have been able to describe that because if you think I was fired up at the beginning of this podcast, you wouldn't buy an Albert Pujols black White Sox jersey. You're lying. I'll put it. I'll put it next to my Ken Griffey Jr. one. Isn't there a Manny Ramirez one too? Oh yeah, and uh, Andrew Jones and. White Sox are real good at guys like blowing out both knees and they're like, let's go get that hitter. <laughs> let's go get that DH. Kevin Euclid. Oh, yeah. Adam Dunn. Come on now. That one. That, that one was more of a shock than. I mean, he hit 40 home runs like the year, like 
like I was like 12 consecutive years before he came to the White Sox, and then he batted 111. How soon until Tony La Russa lets Adam LaRoche's kid back in the locker room? <laughs> That's a deep cut for all you White Sox. <laughs> he's just going to he's gonna send out a personal apology. Can you imagine if he just doubled down on everything that's happened in the White Sox past? First of all, I was on that kid's side. Like, what kid? Adam LaRoche's kid. He should have been in that locker room. <laughs> Drake LaRoche. I would, I would love that. I hope Tony La Russa just starts getting more batshit insane. I mean, from a, from a viewer standpoint, that would be hilarious. Right. As long as the White Sox are still in first place. Yeah, I was going to say, the whole time the White Sox are in first place, but no one's paying attention to the game anymore, it's all like, oh, dear God, what is Tony going to say after this game? Like, what thing not even about the game is Tony Russo about to say? Yeah, the earth's flat. Like, what? <laughs> Guess when three, nothing. It was a no-hitter. Yeah, well, I mean, the world doesn't spin. It, it's a flat map, so. <laughs> Ask the Illuminati. Exactly. Or the goat people, I've heard. But yeah, T- Tony Larusa, fan of the of the pod. Sorry to sorry to come at you like this, but you know what you did. I mean, we tried to defend you, but I wish I could laugh at that joke. I wish I could laugh at that joke, Len. I can't yet. He doesn't know what he did. I can't laugh at that joke yet. You know, other city, state, Matts, they enjoy that joke. So California, Matt, go on. <laughs> California man is hot right now. I am fire, baby. Let's go. Hey, oh, what's hotter right now? Your feelings towards Tony LaRusso or the weather in California? It's a little chill. It's a little chill in the air today. So uh, I would say my, definitely my feelings towards Tony LaRusso. 82 in Chicago, if that matters. No, we got, well, just to let you know, the cold air that's here comes to you a couple, couple days later. Yeah, I know. kind of hope the White Sox are playing the Yankees in the Bronx. I know you said it, but I'm going to double check just in case that they aren't because Yankee fans are very volatile. And if Tony Russa gives them anything to feed off of, like, can you imagine if he did it like against the Yankees and then in the Bronx? Like, I think that would be even more batshit insane. I think I, I, this is, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like your mean Mercedes is such a Yankees player. Like he fits in that lineup of just like <laughs> boys that can hit. <laughs> they, get, they don't really have a position. They just like to hit the ball really far. That I think the Yankees fans will cheer for your mean Mercedes more <laughs> than Tony LaRusa. I mean, same Tony LaRusa. I, he might hate your mean Mercedes. The same Tony LaRusa who batted Mercedes? Mercedes for Nick Williams. He batted Nick Williams fifth and mm-hmm. then DFA, they got DFA'd the next day. Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering God. they are in the Bronx. So I'm excited about that. Not even for the baseball aspect. I just hope Tony LaRusa just says offlandish shit the, the entire time. He's like, you know what? If that other thing didn't get me fired, this is going to give me a ticket home. Oh, so you're saying that this is, he's like, he's 76 and he's like, oh, I should have stayed retired. But I don't want to retire on my own. I want to go out in the blaze of glory. So that he's just, this is the start. He's yeah. throwing 
the kerosene for the blaze of glory is what you're saying. I mean, if, if Tony Russo gets fired right now, everybody's like, well, White Sox shouldn't have hired him in the first place. I want him to just keep saying dumb shit and the White Sox to just have to be like, no, Tony's still our manager. Tony's still our manager. Don't do that to Rick Hahn, okay? Poor Rick Hahn. I feel so bad for him. Would you feel bad if it was Kenny Williams? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Oh, man. Tony La Russa and Albert Pujols. What a dream team. I wish those two played together. Did you, did you happen to see when, when they did play against each other the first week of the season and Albert Pujols lifted him up off the ground? I thought he was going to kill him. <laughs> he gave him a hug and he lifted him off the ground. I was like, that man is nearly dead. You can't squeeze him that hard. <laughs> Probably what did it. Yerman paid Pujols 20 bucks. Just pick Tony up off the ground. He'll, he'll fall apart. <laughs> This is another deep cut for White Sox fans. I miss Tony La Russa's mask that like came six inches off of his mouth. It looked like he was he stored like his a whole like his lunch was just kept in that mask. He wears a normal one now, eating I, like trough. Like oh no, there's snacks in here. <laughs> I miss that mask. Oh man. More importantly, Matt, the the Cubs are in second. I mean, Jesus, are we just going to talk about your stupid White Sox all damn day? I mean, bring it. Let's. Let's do it. No, that, that that's pretty much it. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Cubs are in second. They were playing the Cardinals this weekend who are in first. So the Cubs avoid Jack Flaherty. I know that. I don't know anybody else on the Cardinals pitching staff, but our pitching staff is one of the worst. So it's going to have to be a, an offensive weekend for us. And uh, even for winning games 11 to 10, those are wins. I don't, I don't even care at this point. Let's just get past St. Louis and then figure it out, you know, in June. I don't know. They're playing in St. Louis, though, which is never good. I I don't want to say I told you so, Len. But the then pitch, don't. Next topic. <laughs> the pitching staff for the Cubs, you were at one point Optimistic. In- podcast life defending that pitching staff i would like to offer you the floor as it, as you offered me the floor for the tony larusa rant to talk about said pitching staff the original point that i made was if like the pitching staff was going to be underrated i thought that they had potential to do more than what's shown on paper Trevor Williams was a, you know, a fifth starter pickup. He was good for the first couple of games. That was fine. Jake Arrieta, hit or miss. You knew that was going to happen. He's at the end of his career. That was a nostalgia grab, which we love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Kyle Hendricks hasn't been able to turn it on this season. That's the biggest issue. It was Kyle Hendricks plus the other four guys. Now it's pretty much anybody. And then like, that's it. But they have a lot of young players. Um, still optimistic that they can turn it around. I mean, obviously, if they play like a good team, like the Cardinals, maybe they'll just get bashed into the ground, and then maybe I'll change my tune. But for right now, I mean, they're 22 and 21. Um, they've been playing better as of late. So, I mean, like I said, Adbert Morales-Ole, he's drinking the Morale blend, so – we got that going for us. Ian Happ had two home runs today. He's he's drinking it. Um, 
Who else is drinking it? Um, Schwarber drank it and he had a home run. I wish he would stop. Um, yeah, I think the whole team is pretty much just drinking it at this point. I'm drinking it too. If they keep winning, I'll do a whole bunch of stupid stuff. If the team keeps winning, I'll hop on one foot every fourth, you know, Tuesday of the year. If that means that that they'll win a game, that's fine. I really respect how far apart you put your willingness to hop on one foot. You almost said, I'll hop on one foot every, and then you're like, you probably went every game, no, too much. Every other game, still too much. Every series, no. That's no. a hell of a workout. <laughs> Baseball, let's just go once a year. I will hop on one foot to show my commitment to the Chicago Cubs. Opening day and the last game of the season, opposite Opening day, left foot, end of season, right foot as like end caps to a season. The Cubs are going to make the playoffs. Cubs will not win the NL Central. That that is about as much as I can give them right now at 22 and 21. This is a guarantee? This is a guarantee. Cubs are making the playoffs. We give out two guarantees on this podcast. Yours, Cubs will make the playoffs. Mine, Tony Larusa at some point will mess up the White Sox season. <laughs> one or another. Hopefully, small enough where we can recover. I'm willing to acknowledge both points. <laughs> I'm not excited do. about it, but I will tell you that I did make a vet or a vet <laughs> a bet with uh, Vegas. And I didn't bet on the Cubs to win the World Series. I went where the money was. So I didn't feel good about it. If I win money, that's fine. But if I win money, that means I have to hear from you guys. And I don't really want to do that. So, so that means you bet on the White Sox? I did. I'm going to run with the young boys. Nope. I'm going to change that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving it in just in case the, the cops need evidence. I'm running with the young men over 18 of the Chicago Cubs pitching staff. You're only making it worse. Yeah, I'm rolling with them. Is that better? No, that's worse. I'm optimistic that this young team <laughs> can make the playoffs with the geezers that they have on this team. Whatever. They're not winning the NL Central, but they'll make the playoffs mainly because there's no way the Giants can keep going. San Diego and the Dodgers will just kick each other out. I don't care. Um, Why are they not going to win the Central? Are the Cardinals that good? Are you, are you, are you fearful of the Cardinals? Um, well, here's why I'm saying this now. We haven't played the Cardinals yet. So I haven't been really paying attention to what the Cardinals are doing. I'll know this weekend what kind of team we're looking at and what type of roadblock they are. Well, the Cardinals are just always solid, right? Everybody knows that. That's they're always solid. But what are what you guys are like? You're like three, three and a half games back. Is that right? Uh, so we're 22 and 21. The Cardinals are 25 and 18. So three back. Three back. In a three-game series this weekend, I mean, we can either get really hurt and be six games back or we take two out of three, even one out of two. That still only puts them one more game ahead of us. So, I mean, pretty much anything other than getting swept. One out of two would put them two games ahead of you. 
you get a full game when you play each other. Yeah. So it would be so they're three ahead of us now. If we win one and they win two, they'd only go up four total. Okay. Yeah. Right. I had to figure out the math in my head as I was trying to make sure that I was making the correct point. I also had on the other side of my brain, like, you know, you're doubling down on this. Yeah, it's fine. Four games. So you're thinking the Giants will fall off and the Cubs will slide in. Correct. Cubs have never been a good wild card team, but I think that they can, like I said, the Giants aren't going to be around forever. I know they're in first, but. You better hope they don't stay around forever because then you got to play the Padres. Yeah. I don't know. At some point, I'm hoping that that team just stops meshing. Probably never. But with all the talent that they have, you'd think that at some point, maybe it would start to be a negative in some way. <laughs> I Maybe not this season, but they have a lot of money in their infield. I have to think they're, they have to blow it up at some point. I would think so, too. San Diego is a small market. There's, I mean, but they did pay $300 million for Machado. And they paid Tatis whatever they paid him. Another 300-something. Eric Hosmer <laughs> making a bunch of money. Yeah, but those are the guys that you know that will just move along. Yeah. After a while. Like, they're going for it right now. It's, it's like the two teams that are going for it right now are the Sox and the Padres. Yeah. I think the White Sox are built better, more solid to win the World Series. But I, I might say that the there's more firepower on the Padres if that if that lines up, especially with Aloy and Robert being out. I think most people are saying Padres White Sox World Series. So that would be I would be Obviously, I can see that happening. I would be, I would be shocked if that actually did happen. I, I, I I'll say the word shocked because I think is it is it would be it's like these two perfect paths, right? Both of them did this rebuild style, brought in free agents to make the team better, to pair with the young talent that they had, and this is the first year that they were both going for it. That's why I'd be surprised if it both if both of those baseballs baseball's tough baseball's tough the best team doesn't always win the World Series so right. if both of those teams in the same year decided to make the push towards the World Series for the first time and they both made it I'd be very surprised by that but I could totally see it happening both teams are definitely good enough to make it there both teams are young and dumb enough to not worry about anything else too right that's why I think it would be you know more watched than a different matchup. I mean, I think both teams are similar. So it's like the, the team that's doing the same thing, you know, in the national league. And then there's the, you know, I think they're, they're parallels of each other. So I think that's why it would be nice to have them play each other. They're both young. They're both going at it at the same time. I would like to see you. I mean, I wouldn't like to see it, but from a baseball standpoint, I would like to see Padres white Sox go to seven games, I would watch all seven. In like a slugfest kind of thing, I'm cool with it. I mean, I have a decent pitching staff too, right? I think the Padres yeah. have a 
pitching staff. I know that I mean, I know you Darvish is actually pitching really well this year again. Yeah, there's Darvish. There's and they have uh, who's the guy they got? What's the guy? Who the guy from Tampa? What's his name? No. Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Thank you. And they got Joe Musgrove, who threw a no hitter, mm-hmm. so, which is not that hard to do nowadays. Yeah, you know, I mean, I had Corey Kluber in my Pirate Fantasy League. So that's if you win, you steal a player. If you lose, you lose a player. I picked up Corey Kluber two weeks ago off the waiver wire, and I was like, oh, I need another starter. In those two games, he's given me like 120 points. So he's doing uh, fine by me. I saw on Twitter somebody was like, oh, Corey Kluber is like running the table, like eight innings, no hits. And I was like, my Corey Kluber? <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I'm the biggest Corey Kluber fan. <laughs> As of yesterday and no longer today until his next start. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the White Sox have to go through the Cubs this year in the World Series, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to ever see that happen. I know a lot of people are like, perfect. No, never. That would be the worst thing that's ever happened to any of us. See, that's, that's you're talking that from a loser's mentality. I hate to say it. Right. No, I know. I don't think about the negative. You got to think about the positive, man, because the positive would be electric. Yeah. But like, think about like, like our friendship, we've tiptoed that line where it's like, yeah, like Cubs suck. No, White Sox suck. And we've been able to manage. If it's that like ultimate, like final, like L, I don't want that. I don't want to forever know like, oh, the Cubs have more World Series. It's like, uh, you lost the one when you played us. It's like, no, I don't need it. I don't want that kind of energy. So, but, okay. But knowing that we played each other and we lost, I think that would make it easier for me if we won, where I'd probably keep it to myself. <laughs> I'm like, this could have easily have been a loss. So I'm not even going to brag about it because this was very easily. We snuck into town. <laughs> we won. And then we just slowly just were like, okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for letting us stay. Can you imagine a, a World Series in the same city? Like in LA, it, it has to have happened at some point. There's so many teams, but. No, I mean, it happened with the, the Giants and the A's. Right. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Which, but I, living out here, California, not speaking. Hi, everybody. <laughs> living out here, baseball fans, it's just a little bit different. It's not quite, I mean, California fans just, they, they're not very, they're not passionate like we are in Chicago. Yeah. So that's what I will say there are baseball fans here, but it, it, it's just, it's like the passion level and the investment level is not the same. There's a lot, a lot of Giants fans because they won three World Series in six years. And then the A's fans, I find to be a little bit more passionate because to be an A's fan, I think you got to be dialed in. (laughs) You got to actually baseball. So it is a little different here. So I, I don't, I don't, obviously I wasn't around in 1989 when there was a world series here between the two sides of town, but I, I would imagine it would, it would be nothing like it would be if it was Cubs and Sox. I mean, just imagine if like Cubs Sox played at Wrigley, Cubs won. We now take the red line to the south side and go shit talking, and vice versa. You guys win a game at, you know, Comiskey. I'm not calling it by any other stupid brand name. Comiskey, you're welcome. 
Thank you. And, and then you guys take the red line to Wrigleyville and start shit talking. The, the city can't handle that. Like, I thought the city couldn't handle the Cubs winning the World Series, and that worked out. So maybe everybody wouldn't kill each other, but also I'm 100% positive that they would. I'm not saying everybody would kill each other. There'd be a few deaths, but, you know, nothing that we couldn't recover from as a city. I mean, another World Series champion, a couple bar fights. I mean... I would say, with putting it in the context of the, the Giants-A's rivalry here, I think there's a lot of Cubs and Sox fans that would not classify the Cubs or the Sox as their number one rival. That's fair. Some would, like, I don't know. I, I, would, I would probably say Twins, then Cubs, and you, I don't know. You might say Cardinals, then Sox, right? I, I don't know. what, what do you, Let me just ask you, what, do you, what is your – what do you feel as the Cubs' number one rival? As a fan, not as the team. As a, yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely St. Louis. It's slowly for a while, maybe in the last couple of years, it was Milwaukee for me. St. Louis wasn't bothering me. It was the Brewers. And that was going to like Milwaukee and then having to like stand your ground. And like, it's a lot different. Like if St. Louis was 90 minutes away, maybe I'd change my opinion. Right now, it's St. Louis. For years prior, it was Milwaukee because they were the closest one to us. The Cardinals were always kind of out of reach, but like we were kind of punching above our our weight. But the Brewers were always like neck and neck with us, so it was like, oh, okay, like I couldn't kick his ass, but I could kick your ass. So. That's kind of I, I can relate to that as a Sox fan because it's always the Twins. But th- those years that the Royals were good, yeah. And the, the Royals and Sox had like a, a couple bench clearing brawls. Right. There was like that rivalry. I just hated the Royals, even though the Twins hate and rivalry was still there. It just, for whatever reason, that Royals, for me personally, they like that rivalry came to the surface a little bit more when the Royals were good. Now I could give two shits about the Royals. So, yeah. Well, like, I don't root for the White Sox, but the White Sox are playing the Cardinals. I'll root for the White Sox. Uh, most of the time, if the White Sox are playing the Brewers, I'll root for the White Sox. Pittsburgh, eh, you can kick Pitt- Pittsburgh's ass. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's starting to get a little more, like, I don't even know. Like, if we're talking, like, fighters, like, C- Cincinnati sometimes seems like they're, like, wrapping their, like, wrists or whatever with, like, steel chains. It's like, yeah, like, we know we're not the biggest dog, but <laughs> we've we, we now have chains on our on our fists, so, like, come at us. So what would you say – do you put – do you, you say Cardinals, then Brewers, and the White Sox don't make your list as rivals? Um, I think they do, but I, I think I would say probably Cardinals, White Sox, then Brewers. Okay. Because I, I would say similar. I would say Twins, Cubs – I, and then it's whatever team at the time could yeah. be. Clearly. I also don't know a lot of like Brewers fans or a lot of Cardinals fans. So like my <laughs> my definition of like hating the White Sox is because like I'm obviously not a Sox fan, and then you guys are, so we have this back and forth. If I and knew Cardinals fans, very I, much the same. maybe I'd take my foot off the gas a little bit more. But yeah, I think it's definitely St. Louis. So the the point of me asking this was because here in the Bay Area. You could ask every 
Giants fan, and I would say 99% of them, you ask them who their rival is, and 99% of them will say the Dodgers. The Dodgers and Giants hate each other. Right. I don't think either Sox or Cubs, 99% would say. No. So that's why, that's why I think it's, it's a little bit different where the, the, the Cubs-Sox thing, like there's, a, there's probably a big chunk of the city that would say the Cubs and Sox are the main rivals. There's a big chunk of the city, I think, that would say that. And then here, that just doesn't exist. Maybe yeah. the, from the A's side, I think the A's might say their main, some A's fans might say their main rival is the Giants, but that's just what I've gathered. If there's a, if there's a Giants and A's listener that wants to correct me on that, feel free to tweet at uh, the, real- the official Smash Mouth Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. And start with F Tony La Russa. That's, that's the subject line. Well, I mean, it, it's funny in two ways because if somebody is going to like, like if a Giants fan's listening and they're like, yeah, like F Oakland, I was like, do tweet that at Smash Mouth's account because you'll be doing both of us a favor. Because it's funny because we initiated this, but also Smash Mouth will 100% respond to you. 100%. Yeah. And then subtweet his band members and see if they're doing okay because they might be kept in his basement. I'm, I'm almost positive right now if Smash Mouth were to get into a bar fight, the other members of the band would not leave their bar stools. <laughs> Guys, I'm going out. I'm going to kick that guy's ass. They're like, okay, fine. <laughs> like, We'll come out in five minutes and check on you. That's about the most we can give you in this moment. There is a real big like pun that you missed there, and it's very unlike you. Well, I, I let it go when you said like the White Sox were like a Ferrari in the garage when you clearly should have said Mercedes. So it was it hit too close to home. What was the pun that I missed? I'm a, the smash mouth guy saying I'm going to go smash that guy in the mouth. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's right up your alley. That's not up my alley. That is 100 percent your joke. The, now, you would hear that and you'd, you'd move on. This is going to be with me for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I'm going to think of Smash Mouth and go, Smash, never mind. You know what? <laughs> Lizzie's going to be like, why are you so upset? And I was like, you wouldn't get it, okay? I'm going to go get into a bar fight. Make sure you play the Shrek soundtrack <laughs> on the touch tunes. All right, California man who loves the unwritten rules of baseball. That's what the whole point of this podcast was, was how much Clearly. you love the unwritten rules of baseball. Why write them down? They're so good, you already just know them. That's how good these rules are. As, as per use, 10 questions. Uh, no more free t-shirts because you're already getting one once I make them in the next like seven days. But we're just playing for fun now. So. Well, good, because I think I'm going to be terrible at this, but let's do it. <laughs> so there's 10 questions. There's five unwritten rules and then five questions like about the rules. So I thought you were going to say essay form. There's five essay questions. <laughs> Please submit it to <laughs> at Smash Mouse. <laughs> if you're listening, please write 500 word essays at Smash Mouth and have them lose their minds. And by they, we know we just mean the lead singer. 
Where are you going to tag him in this uh, this episode, right? Oh, I'm 100% tagging Smash Mouth. <laughs> What's the worst they can do? Be like, F this guy's podcast. And be like, dude, everybody's already on the train of F Smash Mouth. Yeah. This might bring us more clicks than uh, name dropping that other guy. So, I don't know. Kato didn't tweet us back. That's a, that's a shame. She was too busy laughing her... Her, her perfectly sculpted buttocks off. She was like, huh, these guys are so silly. She probably forgot because she's with Batman now. So. Right, right. Yeah. Red Sox fan. Batman. All right. CM, California Man. Not a fan of that. <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> We're going to edit out every instance where we mention California. <laughs> 90% of this podcast makes sense. If a pitcher has a no-hitter or perfect game going, what is the batter not allowed to do to get on base according to the unwritten rules? Bunt. Bunt is correct. Which is such a terrible... What's the... Okay, let me ask you one question. What is the job of the hitter? You asking me or are you asking Tony? Lewis? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. What is the job of the hitter? To get on base at minimum. Get on base. To get on base. Why is there an unwritten rule that says don't do your job in any way, shape, or form? Like you can only do it this way when the only thing that you're supposed to do as a hitter is get on base. Okay, moving on. That's it. That was my. Do you think that the score matters? If it's one nothing and you bunt to get on base, that's one thing. If it's fourteen nothing, aren't you just an asshole now trying to bunt to get on base? I think if you have a bunt for a hit, totally acceptable. If you if that's in your arsenal, well, bunting to get on base is also very difficult. So I'm saying, if that is in your arsenal, you should be able to do it. Why is it you get to throw a no hitter? And you get to like you get to have that recognition the rest of your life. You threw a no hitter, right? That should say you stopped everybody from getting on base any way they can. Yeah, I shouldn't say that because you can walk a person still no hitter, right? Any you stop them from getting a hit. If they choose to get a hit by bunting, that's part of baseball. You should be able to stop that. If I'm a hitter, why would I not want a bunt to throw this pitcher off of his game? So my team, if you're getting no hit, it means you're not scoring any runs, which means you're going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. Why do I not want to throw this guy off? Why, why is it, where does this come into play that like baseball is this gentleman's game? Because it's not. It has the illusion of it being a gentleman's game. I want to hit that guy. <laughs> Smash him in his mouth. No, I <laughs> Smash Mouth clearly tweeted we should respect the rules. So not really sure what you're getting. That, yeah, that's my issue. It's like you're taking, you're telling, if you want to earn the no-hitter, earn the no-hitter. So you're telling me right now, me and you are playing each other. It's two outs into the ninth. I, I bunt to get on base. You're not looking at me like, really? I've seen you run. There's no chance I'm not throwing you out. I, I originally was going to switch it and make you like the bad guy in that, but I was like, that's not believable. California Matt is obviously too nice. 
but whatever, man. You know what? I'm more of a check, of a check swing to beat the shift guy, you know. <sighs> wow. You heard it here. So all of our one, well, we have to be at a million listeners by now. All million listeners, Matt wouldn't sacrifice his batting average for my no-hitter. Yeah, you heard it. I'm as hurt as you are. So if, if your name is Matt and you live anywhere other than California, we're accepting podcast requests to be a guest. Let me ask you this. How, how often after the first base runner gets on, does the, does that pitcher give up a hit right away if it's a perfect game into a no-hitter? Or how often do they give up two hits in a row? I'm trying to win the game. I would think once you give up that first hit, you're probably like alleviated. It's like opens the floodgates. Well, not only that, but I think it's also it's no longer this like tense situation. Now it's like now it's over. Now we're moving on. A lot of times, a lot of times, pitchers give up multiple hits like immediately after the first one because they're also going from the stretch or from the wind up to the stretch for the first time. They had they were so you're so laser focused that you relax for a second and then you give up it. So it's like, of course, I'm trying to get on base with now. It would be a cheap move if you if that wasn't in your arsenal. If you were doing a hundred percent just to break it up and it's not in your arsenal and you're just trying to throw it off. I do understand there is a level of it just like it's cheap. But I, I still think it, it should be if it's if it's um what's our uh, our speedster's name? My brain isn't working right. Now. William Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. He has. He has me. You're seeing Barry Bonds show bunt in the box, and you're not like, oh. <laughs> Barry's trying to run this one out. Not in his arsenal, so that would be a cheap move. If it's in your arsenal. You should do it. Got too much blown up. Should not be allowed to do it because the pitcher is pitching really well. That's fair. Great. The issue that with unwritten rules is they're not written down because they sound dumb. If the pitcher is pitching really well, you're not allowed to bunt because that might make them not pitch well anymore. That's what that one sounds like written down. Yep. Question two. That's fair. Question two. During a potential perfect game in 2001, Ben Davis with the San Diego Padres bunted for a hit against what pre-bloody sock wearing pitcher when he was with the Diamondbacks? That was, thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Kurt Schilling. That was Kurt Schilling. Do not Who probably hundred percent is on Tony LaRusso's side. I just want to say that. I don't know that for certain. I don't, sure. I don't even need to look it up. I'm pretty sure. I bet you there's a photo of Kurt Schilling wearing a Smath Mouth shirt. <laughs> Somewhere on the internet. He's got a signed photo on the wall of him and whatever that dude's name. Was it Steve? Who cares? Was it, was his name Steve? Steve Hartwell. <sighs> yeah. So it's almost 20 years to the day that happened May 26, 2001. It's in the bottom of the eighth, and the Padres were down 2 nothing. That's why I said, does the score matter? Because two, you're down 2 nothing in the eighth. The game is not out of reach by any means. 100%. I don't think that's cheap. That 
make that's totally fine by me. I'm sure Kirk very much had an issue with that. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Kurt Schilling has an issue with everything. <laughs> Question three. What is frowned upon? Yeah, what is frowned upon? Masturbating on airplane. Correct. <laughs> 3A. What is a frowned upon count to swing away on when your team is up comfortably? You can say these feel, these feel like softballs, but I'll I'll say 3-0. No, these are baseball questions. Do you not know that? This yeah. feels like this feels like you just grooved a 42 mile an hour fastball right down the middle. And you're not allowed to hit it though. It feels you sure? Uh, so you're kind of the jerk if you swing away on it when I clearly asked you to take. So I, so I should have said three and one. I should the answer should have been I should have said three and one because I can't hit that softball question you gave me. Before there was Yerman, there was this San Diego Padre who hit a grand slam on a three and zero count against the Texas Rangers. Fernando Tatis Jr. Jr. Padres were up by seven at the time. The grand slam made it eleven. So it was in the eighth inning. Both managers criticized him, and he later apologized for hitting the home run. Good job, Twitter, internet, whatever. You made this guy. He hit a home run. Was excited about it, and then you made him apologize for hitting a home run. Have you heard? Who did they hit that one against? That was Texas. All right, so the Texas Rangers, I, I can't remember the name of the coach, but he came out after this one. I don't know if you heard this. And he made a statement that was like, I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially like, I've thought a lot about it, and it's a pretty dumb thing. It's like a pretty dumb rule that you can't hit 3-0. And his like his words were like, the more I think about it, why are you not swinging on 3-0? That's when you're going to get the best pitch pitch to hit. Right, because the pitcher's forcibly totally trying to give you something in the zone. He's to, a manager who was angry about it last year. Mm -hmm. Is speaking against Tony La Russa this year. <laughs> it just shows how out of touch. The Texas Rangers also have two no hitters against them this season. <laughs> So his philosophy is probably swing at anything. Honestly, guys, just <laughs> just do your best. All right. Three zero, swing away. Yeah. You love the unwritten rules. Uh, that is abundantly clear. But question five: According to the unwritten rules of baseball, you cannot show up a pitcher by doing this after a home run. All the just in general, home run. What do you want? Back? Or staring them down. Firing, showboating, pimping. Yeah. All acceptable. All acceptable. Well, the questions are stupid because the unwritten rules are stupid. When I looked this up, the rules were trash. The That's questions fair. you're getting are the best quote unquote rules that are in the unwritten rules. One of them was you can't steal when your team's up by more than five. What? <laughs> That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Stop playing baseball, guys. The other team's not having fun. Stop playing, please. But I digress. In the 2015 American League Division Series, ALDS for short, you're welcome, between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers, <laughs> poor Texas, <laughs> the Blue Jays right fielder, 
hit a thunderous go-ahead three-run shot and created the bat flip heard around the world. What was his name? Jose Batista. That was Jose Batista. AKA Joey Bats. And then the year following that, uh, they played the Rangers. He slid into second base. I think it was Rugged Odor. Am I pronouncing that name correctly? Definitely not Rugged Outdoors. Odor. It looks like Rough Odor. All right. It's a stupid <laughs> name. His mother hates him. And he slid into second, slid into him, and then Rugged Odor. <laughs> Joey Bats in the face. And I thought that was uh that was pretty good. That was like that was one of the best sports fights still frame on face. Yeah. Do you know how many non-fights there are in baseball? That was like the first legitimate, like, oh, like, well, at least in a while. The first legitimate, like, oh no, he he definitely got socked in the face. Not like we got in each other's face, the bullpen's running out. <laughs> umpires telling them get back in they're like no we haven't exercised in a couple of days like we're just gonna run out run back in make sure you guys are all right that that, that should be an unwritten rule i don't want to see the bullpen guy unless you call <laughs> there was a punch thrown the bullpen can't come out exactly they they lock the door like horses in a barn like no you can't come out. you know what i have a better rule when the bench is clear the bullpens have to charge at each other and meet in center field. That's better. Yeah. Or to make it even better, each team picks which bullpen guy they're going to have be their fighter. John Scott. <laughs> yeah. So if the bullpens run out, like those two pitchers have to fist fight in the outfield until the scuffle on the field, like on the diamond, is resolved. Until that's resolved, the two bullpen guys that both teams selected pregame get to fight each other until that's done. Can I say you should change this rule a little bit more? Absolutely. I want to say the managers have to fist fight. <laughs> Starting in the Bronx tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to say that we're fixing baseball, but I think we're 100% fixing baseball. <laughs> We're not, we're not hurting it, that's for sure. It can only get better from here. Question seven. Maybe a lesser known unwritten rule, but a rule nevertheless, which part of the field can only the pitcher cross? The stupid rule. Which part of the field can only the pitcher cross? Mm-hmm. That's how Wikipedia has it phrased. So, so, like, you can't walk over the mound unless you're a pitcher. Is that what you're referring to? That, that is what I am saying. Like, like you're 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 a batter and you hit the ball and you round second and you're out and then on your way back to the dugout you have to avoid the mound. Correct. And not go on it, which is a rule, an unwritten rule that I have no issue with. Like, if stay off their mound, the mound is they like are digging it the way they want. Yeah. Doing it, you're just doing it to be a jerk. Correct. Good that one. So we found one unwritten rule that you're like, yeah, write it down. Let the record show. Write that one down. The man can change. But I, I understand why it's not written down because it's like it's trivial. So it's like that. It's a trivial argument. 
You're welcome. Right. So don't be a Richard. Great name for a podcast. Write that down. Most don't recent. Richard? No. <laughs> Trivial argument. <laughs> the most recent incident was when Freddie Galvis of the Cincinnati Reds ran across the mound while going back, while running back from a, yeah, from a pop fly off of Miles Mikolas of the St. Louis Cardinals. The bench is almost cleared after this nonsense. If you know who John Boy is, he reviews um, like baseball videos. He did one of Freddie Galvis, and he literally like was like, "What the f did I do? <laughs> like, 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 why is everybody so mad?" Because it's again stupid. But 2010, Oakland A's versus New York Yankees. This enemy of the pod ran from first to third on a foul ball and crossed the pitcher's mound on his way back, much to the dismay of A starter Dallas Braden. That would be A-Rod? That would be stupid A-Rod. That's how I have it written, so that's how I'll say it. Famously, we're hashtag Team, team j but you guys knew. I, I also really like Dallas Braden. Was like who? Oh, Dallas Braden. I also really like Dallas Braden. So I, it's, it's, it's a double whammy for me. I'll, I'll agree. I would get a drink with Dallas Braden. He's a crazy, he's a crazy son of a gun, but I would totally. You know, just for the stories, yeah. If, if anybody's agreeing to fight the lead singer from Smash Mouth right now, it's Dallas Braden. <laughs> Oakland A's own Dallas Braden. <laughs> exactly. That's how much Dallas has. Last unwritten rule. This unwritten rule is for fans, players, announcers, and anybody really. Regarding this baseball accomplishment, what are you not allowed to talk about? What are you not allowed to talk about? Yeah, while it's happening. It's happening? Mm-hmm. Perfect game or a no-hitter? All capital letters, you do not talk about a no-hitter or perfect game in progress. Which brings Wait. me to... No, go ahead. The White Sox announcers bull. Oh call it out they said i think it's the earliest they said it was the third inning correct well that, well, that brings me to, to our, our last question len casper former broadcaster and of the cubs and current bad guy radio man for the white Sox, was criticized not not once but twice for talking about two potential no-hit bids in 2014 and 2015 who are those two players that almost had no hitters that didn't after Casper, quote unquote, jinxed them. They were both Cub players. Obviously. I assume as much. In 2014 and 2015. Um, I would assume one is Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta was in 2014, threw a no hitter <laughs> in 15. And then I'm just, I would assume it's a John Lester one. So it'd be my guess. John Lester in 2015. Arietta losses in the eighth to the Reds and Lester in the seventh to the Cardinals. And everybody was on Twitter saying, Len Casper did this, blah, 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 blah. Len Casper responded and said in not so many words, you guys are idiots. If you think I have any influence on the game of baseball, if I did, I would be playing baseball, not talking about baseball. End, end quote. Len Casper then redeemed himself when this year he gets a call no-hitter. 
and literally, I think it was the third inning when he was like, <laughs> and in his very announcery voice, Carlos Rodon has no hits through three. He does sound like a cartoon. That was my Len Casper impression. How'd I do? That was pretty good. I can't even imagine what he sounds like on the radio. He just talks more. <laughs> he gets to say more. Yikes. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I am the guy. I am the guy who has said he never really has liked Len Casper, and he's on the Sox now, part of the Sox team. And I have to own that. I mean, you guys still have Steve Stone. So. Who is a. St- I love Steve Stone. Okay. <laughs> I, I like legit feel like sometimes his him and Benetti's like banter does drive me a little bit crazy when it goes on like super super long yeah but I feel like I have learned so much about baseball and like pitch pitch sequencing and those like kind of small things from just watching White Sox baseball and listening to Steve Stone I feel like I like take for granted like how good of a color analyst he is do you think baseball announcers should be biased for their own team? I mean, you're talking to a Hawk Harrelson fan, so of course the answer is yes. And a Clayton fan, two of the most homeward announcers there are. I never listen to anyone like it unless they're playing the Cubs. My dad purposely does not watch the Cubs announcers. He listens to the White Sox announcers just to hear them talk up the stupidest things. The Cubs broadcast are like, yeah, that pitch was outside. You flip to the White Sox, and Steve Stone is having a hissy fit. Like, what is this umpire doing? Like, this ball was clearly inside or outside or the opposite of what it should be. And my dad thinks it's, like, the funniest thing in the world. He's like, Steve Stone is an absolute moron. All these Sox broadcasters think that their team is, like, hot shit. And he's like – and it's, like, the funniest thing in the world. Well, now we are hot shit. And you can tell Glenn Arquilla (laughs) that he – Dad of the pod. I'm not even going to say it. He's a good man. I'm going to let it hang out there. He's an unwritten rule of baseball. I don't like him. <laughs> Just kidding, Dad. Please don't. I say, no, I find it more enjoyable to listen to a broadcast that is like that and isn't just baseball and that they can joke around with each other. When it's very buttoned up, I'm not a huge fan. Same thing, like, we're lucky enough in Chicago to have, like, Stacey King. Like, who doesn't like Stacey King? He's, no. he, I honestly think he's super entertaining, but his basketball knowledge drives me crazy. He contradicts himself all the time. He doesn't actually understand how help defense works. Every time he does the teleprompter, sometimes he'll be like, well, this guy can't leave because he's on the shooter in the corner. And the next time, he'll be like, well, this guy's got to come over. It doesn't matter if the shooter's in the corner. Drives me absolutely crazy. So him as a legit color analyst is terrible, but him as an entertainer, I love him. I wouldn't trade him for the world. So it's like I'm caught in the middle between that. And I, that's why I like Steve Stone so much because I feel like he gives me the entertainment side that I do love when I'm watching sports. And he gives me the actual knowledge that comes with it. I, sometimes I feel like I know more about basketball than Stacey King does. She knows, not true, but it feels that way sometimes to me. The argument could be made that uh, Stacey King probably knows too much about basketball and that's why he keeps contradicting himself. I if think you have too many thinks, thoughts, sometimes the stupid ones creep out. Yes, maybe. That's literally my entire life. I mean, it's good idea after good idea, but it all sounds stupid out loud. So, I don't know. 
See, I think Stacey King needed to be paired with like a Hawk Harrelson type that would just be like, you're flat wrong. <laughs> you're flat wrong, Stacey. How would you feel about a Stacey King Bonetti duo? I know they've teased it. No, they do that. That's when a means doing the, the national stuff. Right. Like I, I, I like it. It's um I think Bonetti is I think he does college basketball better. Because yeah. he, he like there's something about an NBA game where it's like there's ebbs and flows and it's like it's not all exciting all the time. And in my announcers, I like when they can match that. But Benetti's like always like for three. He hit you know, like he like he's big like a, a three pointer in the first quarter. He's like he's like gung ho about it. So that, when Benetti calls basketball, that's like my I, college basketball. It fits. It fits better for college basketball than it does for NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, I had so many hot takes about announcers until this kind of just started spewing. This sounds like podcast episode eleven we're doing here. I mean, I, I remember. Uh distant time you know in the past when we both synced up and we're like wait a-rod sucks right it's like oh my god do you want to talk about how much a-rod sucks <laughs> nobody wants to talk about how much a-rod is the freaking worst other than j-lo if she would just respond to our tweets i mean yeah we could talk to her about it <laughs> i mean well i was gonna say she's probably in california but she's probably in miami actually so miami matt if you're out there and if you have a hookup, please, please let us know. Yeah. Ten episodes. We thought we'd make it to ten. I was hoping that we would, but maybe some people listened to the first couple ones and were like, "No, I'm done with this." Well, there's ten of them now. So, <laughs> jokes on you, mom. I'm just kidding. Mom loves the podcast. We're not stopping because it's season. She loves the first two episodes only because she's biased and her husband is on the first two. <laughs> Well, let her listen to Matt's episode. She'll like it too. That's true. If, if you throw Schwarber, this will be her favorite episode of all time. But, I don't know. I'm waiting for it. Nothing? Yeah. That's all right. Miss you, Kyle. Sorry you're the same person as Jack Peterson for cheaper money. <laughs> episode Remember, <laughs> Remember that time you hit the baseball on the scoreboard? Well, they show it every five minutes, so how could you <laughs> in his in, in his like hype video, they showed him getting hurt. I was like, why would you show that? I mean, obviously to like build up to him being like World Series hero or whatever, but I was like, you didn't need to show the clip. I was like, you could have just showed him like rolling out. People were like, oh no, Kyle's hurt. No, they showed like a literal like collision. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe he didn't want to see that on like the big screen. Maybe he like... <laughs> Did they do two separate ones for Lester and? Yeah. Okay. So they did Lester's on the day that he pitched. That was Monday. And then they did Schwarber's on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Lester took the loss in, on Monday's game, but Schwarber hit all. So there you go. That's episode 10, man. Um, I'd like to thank Matt for joining us on this Thirsty Thursday. You're probably listening to it on Friday. Sex to be you. Uh, follow our official Instagram, Trivial Arguments. My Instagram, Lendog92. Yeah, that's right. D A W G. Or you can follow me on Twitter, which is just my name. Simple. Lenny, A R Q U I L L A. Don't follow Matt on Twitter. He will try to sell you scammed Ray Bans. 
I don't want to talk about it, man. Matt hasn't posted a tweet in like eight years. And then I got a, a message that Matt had um, tagged me in a tweet and it was a scam for sunglasses. <laughs> so Matt, sorry that your sunglass business isn't taking off as well as you thought it would. But this is what happens. This is just what happens when I start putting my Twitter out there on this, on this nationally listened to podcast. People start getting in. They know I, I got the following now. I saw that the username was arodfan42. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't want to speculate and, and say it was Alex, but pretty sure it was Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> it's not that bold of a claim. We're his, his rival. He's ours. I mean, he thinks about us every day. I don't think I want to know what Smash Mouth is going to try to sell on my Twitter this week. <laughs> First of all, I'm pretty sure we're going to fight Smash Mouth at some point. <laughs> I think so too. Hey, maybe still out in the Bay. Maybe you got to be California Len for a podcast and we'll, uh, we'll come out here and fight Smash Mouth. We'll also get Dallas Braden. He's probably bored at home. Probably looking for a fight. We probably just won't tell him that it's Smash Mouth. He gets there. He's like, oh, no, not Smash Mouth. I have their record on my wall. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> we brought Dallas Braden to a fight and he's not on our side. He'd be on our side. I don't know, man. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's a bucking Bronco that I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'll ask him. We'll, just show him the we'll, show, we'll show him the tweet about Tony LaRusso and he'll be back on Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just mention, hey, remember when A-Rod did that thing, uh, walked across the mound. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, we hate A-Rod. I was like, no, we also hate Tony LaRusso. <laughs> and now we got him. <laughs> that right. feels like the right place to end this. <laughs> Follow us on Spotify. Thanks. Bye.